Welcome to Trowadron Legends and Lore. Episode 42, The Great Shaking. Well, hello and welcome to Trowadron Legends and Lore. I'm Chad Corey. And we're going to continue today with the penultimate chapter in this little mini-series we've been doing about the unrecorded time of Trollodrum. But before I get to that, I wanted to make a quick shout-out to all the people who have been participating in the tour. I really do appreciate that. Thanks for coming out and checking things out. For those who might not be aware, I have wrapped up the tour for the Shadow Region, which is the latest book in the world of Trollodrum. But I have been continuing a tour uh, for the Sons of Ashgard graphic novel, which uh, has been going on, and I've actually been having a lot of fun doing that as well. It's the first uh, tour I do with another person. I've been touring with the artist of the book uh, I've worked with on it as well, so it's been kind of fun to experience that. And because the book is still fresh on the Shadow Region, I've been able to have that available at uh, the signings for the graphic novel where, where applicable, and being able to allow people to get signed copies of that as well. So if you still want a copy of The Shadow Regent, go to the book signing, and I will be more than happy to sign that, or anything else you have that I've written uh, thus far. So the Wizard King Trilogy, the box set, more than happy to sign those and uh, get stuff to you that way as well. So uh, if you want to know what's going on, what's going to happen next, I will we'll be doing some more events as we head into the latter part of this year. Uh, events, conventions, trade shows, things of that nature, I would encourage you to check the website, chadcorey.com, as well as follow me on social media. You can find me at Creator Chad, C-R-E-A-T-O-R, Chad, C-H-A-D, and uh, that will be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can also find information about me on the website, chadcorey.com, C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E.com, and get information that way. So let's bug into, move into, I should say, what is going on with this particular episode. We're going to dig into what happened after, or the, the, the period of the Draenoric Age, where the Draenors ultimately had their fall from grace and were destroyed because of it. A little quick recap here. We ended with Marat, who was a paranoid, insane ruler of the Draenors, the last king they had. And he began this program of wanting to establish themselves, the Draenors, as a great and mighty people, kind of in the parallel that I guess you can argue that was done initially by the Titans of old, who became gods, and then there uh, was repeated with the Titans on Trolladon, who wanted to become gods, and then now you have this similar situation with the Draenors, who wanted to, you guessed it, overthrow the gods and or become gods uh, in time. So that ended up causing some destruction and problems for their lives, uh, they were cursed because of it, half of their population being rendered sterile, the other half being forced to create what became known as mortal kind, giving birth essentially to humans, elves, dwarves, and gnomes. And this would begin the process of creating, uh, getting a little closer to what we call the recorded time and the beginning of what most readers would understand as uh, Trollodon as they, they know it. And so because of all this, because of the increase of the mortal races, mortal kind, and the dwindling influence and power and resources of the Draenors, there was a greater focus and stress, I guess you can say, on the population and Marat in general, and the Magi as well, to begin to push for their program even more so, 
because obviously if they couldn't do it now with their limited numbers, then they were just going to have less of a chance in the future. So first of all, they wanted to get rid of mortal kind. That was the, the, the plan was to do an extermination of all of them because he could see that they would basically be overrun and ultimately replaced by mortal kind. And Marat naturally was, you know, paranoid and insane, like I said. So he did not like this one bit whatsoever, and he wanted to be done with them and done with the threat in his hopes of trying to perhaps uh, make the gods feel sad, I don't know, or, you know, hinder the gods in their movements and activities on that front. So the program was put in place, the Magi were going to do some things, and then ultimately they're going to launch their war against the gods after that. But the gods and their, their mercy and their wisdom decided to, no, we're not going to have a repeat of the fiendish wars or anything else that took place previously, we mentioned in the other episodes, and so let's put it into this once and for all. And then one quick fall action, you can say, they created what was known as the Great Shaking, and it did a couple different things at once. First and foremost, it took out all the Draenors and just sent them to the Abyss, just instantly. They were transported to the Abyss. It was a great judgment on the divine level, they just wiped them all out. And they ultimately would go to the abyss and in time become corrupted and tormented and you know, turned and warped like their predecessors, the Titans, were in the abyss and to become fiends as well. But that's another story for another day. But with the Draenors gone, you know, obviously their, their influence still remained in the, in the world through their ruins, their literature, their accomplishments, the magic, because again, as I mentioned in the last episode, the humans, the elves, the dwarves, and the gnomes grew up with and in the Draenoric society for a period of time. They were doing a lot of the tasks that uh, I guess you could say were more menial or in some cases very well needed because of the diminished number of Draenors available to do them or the reduction of their ability to do those tasks in general. So they picked up already a lot of the elements of the Nordic language, of culture, history, you know, the magic elements. Some pockets of them developed, you know, understanding of the magic system and things like that. So they they carried along with them a lot of the Nordic history and culture and aspects into their new era, just like they had elements and understanding of the Titans, although the Titans were not as widely assimilated as the Draenors had done to them. Because kind of a, the Draenors were the main focus for the mortal kind. And the Draenors were more focused on the Titans, who obviously played a bigger influence and role in influencing them than the Draenors did on the mortal kind. But the secondary effect that took place with the Great Shaking, and probably the greatest and obviously the longest lasting, is the sundering or the shaking of the world. And for those who don't know, you can go back and, and read some previous episodes the world of Trollodon used to be a single supercontinent. There was this big, massive landmass that dominated a large swath of territory on which all these other people groups and nations were developing and warred and, and had their history and, and so on and so forth. And that, that was the beginning, that took place from the beginning, excuse me, from the initial creation of the world from all the way up until right now with the Great Shaking. And so with the Great Shaking, what you saw was the breaking up and the shifting around and the destruction of a large part of that continent. The result was that what remained became the modern Trollodon that we know, which encompassed the, you can say the islands, the smaller land masses and things which dominated the northern and southern hemisphere. 
We don't talk a lot about, about the Southern Hemisphere yet, but there is one, and there is a, a collection of lands that exist down there as well. Those tend to be a little bit larger in, in nature than the ones up in the Northern Hemisphere, but it's a similar concept. The the landmass, the, the supercontinent, was ripped apart, destroyed, part of it being pushed down and, and, and sent into the Southern Hemisphere, part of it being pulled up to the Northern Hemisphere and kind of scattered around as it is now. Uh, the, the area between the Northern and the Southern Hemisphere became known as the Boiling Sea, given to the fact that there's constant um, earthquakes and uh, a lot of rifts down there and, um, and fault lines and stuff and, and magmatic activity that continues to still kind of plague the area. So you can sometimes have areas where uh, you know magma will erupt, up, you know, erupt and cause you know, just a big upshoot of lava and stuff to flow up sometimes in a sudden burst. Or there's always some part that's still actively shaking or has some magmatic activity. So you're going to have uh, the, the, the water boiling and doing things in that part of the air. So it's kind of, it's, it's known to be a very turbulent, uh, trying area known for pitfalls. And there's still a lot of debris and, and other things. Sometimes you can run aground over, just it, it breaks loose. And, you know, it just, so there's, there's challenges that, that exists there. Maybe we'll talk more about that in the future, more about the boiling scene, what it, what it entails. But it, it made it very hard for people to transverse between the Southern and the Northern hemispheres, leaving each to more or less develop separately uh, ever since then on, you know, for the foreseeable future up until the modern time. And so that's why you have a, a different history, a different culture, a lot of ways, a different reality in some cases in the Southern Hemisphere than you do in the Northern Hemisphere because their history more or less is dramatically altered and, and broken at this point in time with the Great Shaking. And it is important to know that the Great Shaking was such a pivotal and powerful event that it was the major time marker. And it's important to remember that the Great Shaking was such a pivotal and powerful event that it was a great time marker for recording historical accounts. And it became known as, everything became known as before the Great Shaking or after the Great Shaking for a very long time until the upcoming uh, Divine Vindication, which was a more modern invention. Up until then, scholars and sages and such would record the history as you know, AGS, as after the Great Shaking, or BGS, before the Great Shaking, because like I said, it was such a pivotal, monumental event that would mark <laughs> the world forever, and it's a great, obvious beginning point, because everyone knows when that happened, you know, we know when the world was destroyed, basically, that's an easy enough thing to peg down, you can kind of count time forward or backwards from there, and that's where we have the beginning of recorded time, more or less, um, people begin to figure out that they, they put their stake in the ground there and say, okay, we, be, we know that happened for sure. We know it happened around this time for sure. And now we can, you know, go from there. Yeah, but the Great Shaking also caused some changes to obviously the landscape. It caused some great shaking. It caused some great problems to um, just a lot of what was there. The, the cities were destroyed. The lands that remain were ravaged, obviously, and fragmented. Uh, they're washed by surf. They're gnawed by earthquakes, consumed by hungry fires afterwards. I mean, it just, there were massive storms that took place after that. It was just a really, really challenging time. I mean, we had some challenging times before with, you know, with the, the fiendish wars and the titanic wars that took place and, and caused some issues there and the Dranoric time periods and stuff like that. But this... 
this took the cake because, I mean, it, it was not only global, but it just really ravaged everything. And so the people in the population groups that, that remained considered themselves truly blessed to have lived through it. And there was speculation, and it continues to be speculation, that the gods had a hand in keeping certain population groups uh, alive and uh, protected during the events that took place in the Great Shaking. And that is more or less why you see the development of the races that you do when you do following this event and why the people ended up and, and settled down in the areas that they did. There wasn't, you know, there was some rhyme and reason to it, but one of the major factors was where they ended up, how they, how they survived the Great Shaking. And that's why, like I said, you have different population groups all over the, the planet, basically. Some of them migrated and formed new areas, or some of them combined with others and would make new peoples and new groups and things like that, which we'll get into in the future. But that is why you had the dwarves where they are. That's why you have a lot of the humans populated the areas that they did, while the elves ended up on Colony and other places. Again, it's because where they wound up or where they migrated from, where they wound up after the Great Shaking. So it had a big, powerful effect on that. Obviously, too tied into that, it would set people back a long time because if you can imagine all your infrastructure is basically destroyed, uh, people aren't going to be too concerned with the, you know, the more frivolous, perhaps, things in life like literature and recording history and you know, you know, uh, tax collection and things like that. They are more focused on survival and getting crops established, getting some form of habitation for them established and developed and beginning to get a sense and a, and a place to survive. And, and that's going to take and dominate much of what takes place and what we cover in the next uh, section of our final part of this historical recovery of the world of Hollywood. Hopefully you've been enjoying it. Do feel free to share your comments and commentary at more at chadcoy.com. And if you like, as I said in previous episodes, take advantage of the additional information that is available for Trollodon on the website. That's T-R-A-L-O-D-R-E-N.com. And you can use the same word, Trollodon, as the handle for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you'll find more information that not only augments the podcast, but the books and the world setting in general. So between, like I said, uh, between the books and the podcast and the website and the social media, you'll be a pretty well-informed and uh, hopefully enjoyable person with Trollodon. You'll be enjoying it more and more, getting more out of it, and uh, looking forward to what comes next. And that's what we'll talk about in the next episode. So thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your month. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey, all rights reserved.